0: Matthew 6, 5 through 15. Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hip- hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, As we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Our Father, uh, we thank you that you hear us when we gather in the name of Jesus. And we pray that you would meet us by your spirit um, a lot of us are tired and a lot of us are excited and a lot of us are somewhere probably in between and what we need is you and you've, you've given us the privilege to hear from you you've given us the privilege to talk to you and we ask that you would make us thankful for that and we pray all of this in jesus name amen i love the uh the tv series stranger things Uh, I think because it's October, I was in the mood for Stranger Things. I googled, season three has got to be starting pretty soon. It's not. Surprise, it's not. It's not coming out uh, for Halloween like it was last year. Bummer. So it is coming out later. Nevertheless, I've been thinking about Stranger Things. And one of the things that I love about Stranger Things is it is convinced that there is more to reality than meets the eye. Uh, They're convinced that there's more to reality than simply molecules. There's more to reality than we know. Uh, Deep down, we know this to be true. The Bible teaches and Christians believe that even though we have not yet seen God, that He exists, that He's the maker of heaven and earth. And not only does He exist, He has created in all of us the capacity to know Him. He has created in us the capacity to relate to Him. It's an incredibly um, powerful thought, is it not, that the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, will listen to us if we call out to Him. The maker of earth is is mindful of us. It's incredibly powerful. And it's humbling. It is awe-inspiring. It's a wonderful thought, and yet, When we think about prayer, are we often first filled with awe and wonder and gratitude or boredom or guilt? Uh, Maybe we feel incompetent or we feel anxious. I should be doing this more. I wish I could do this better. What's wrong with me? This beautiful, wonderful gift, a transcendent God says we can commune with Him. Speak to me. And we are not often wowed by that, though we were made to be. In our our fallen condition, there's something natural about this. And I hope this is encouraging. This is why Jesus has to teach us how to pray. We don't know how to do it. We need His help. Last week, we talked about how Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites. They really only care what others think. He says, if you're so concerned with what others think about you, that when you get their approval, that's your reward. That's it. Your Heavenly Father won't. And then he says, well, there's another faulty way to pray, and that's like the Gentiles, the the outsiders, those who think that somehow by their effort, the sheer amount of words that they use, the fervor, the, the crunched eyebrows, that somehow they will wear God down into giving them what they want. Jesus is saying, your prayers actually don't have to be long at all. And I think there's freedom in this this prayer. He says, because your prayers don't have to be long, He actually frees us to pray as long as we want to. If it's not a burden to pray for X amount of time, I'm actually freer to pray longer than the minimum. Jesus knows that we don't know how to pray as we should, and that's why he teaches us. That's why he's given us this model here. And Christians have prayed this prayer verbatim for 2,000 years, but we've also used this as a model, as a guide to pray. And here, I think, is Jesus' outline. You can know and pray to God as Father when you acknowledge Jesus as your King. I think that's really the heart of the Lord's Prayer. And so, one of the things we see, prayer is intimate, like family, because God is the father of his children. Is my fly down? You guys keep laughing. Is there something? No? Okay. What's that? A oh, a cricket snuck in. Okay, I was getting really self conscious here. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We back? All right. Prayer is intimate like family because God knows His children as children. We have the ability to pray to Father because He has already drawn near to us in Jesus. Now hear me. We can can pray to God because He has already drawn near in the person of Jesus. He has already come to us. So when we pray to Him, we are responding to something that He's done. God sends His King, He sends Jesus, and Jesus is the way to the Father. God gives us Jesus, and Jesus shows us the way to the Father because we cannot find our way to Him on our own. We don't have to use lots of words or the right words. We have to go through Jesus. Our Father pursues us, and Jesus shows us the way to Him. That's what he says in john 14 6 i'm the way i'm the truth i'm the life in other words god has become father to us because jesus has become brother to us jesus becomes family to us because jesus becomes human he becomes just like us frail bodies weak communities and he lives the life that we should have lived he dies a death that belongs to us he's raised in glory so that we might have access to pray to a Heavenly Father. The Lord's Prayer is the Gospel. We have access to the Father through the Son, the King. And to trust in Jesus is to, to really receive everything that belongs to Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God, we become sons of God. Jesus is the heir of all things, we become the heir of all things. He earns it, and we share in it by faith alone. What could be more wonderful than this? Or as Paul says, we're united to Christ by faith. And when we are in Christ, then Jesus teaches us to pray with Him, our Father. And here's what all of this means. Because of Jesus, and because of faith in Jesus, hear me, You belong in the Father's presence. By faith in Jesus, you belong. You have a right into the Father's presence because you are in Christ, and God the Father sees us just like He sees His Son. The Father is home. This is critical because... What so often keeps us from prayer, if you're like me, is the nagging thought that we don't really belong there. I'm pretending. I don't belong doing this. I should be better at this. Prayer does not come as naturally to me as I think it should. What is wrong with me? I don't belong here. I don't want to be a hypocrite. We need courage. And the way that Jesus teaches us how to pray is one of the things that actually encourages us. I'm going to assume most of us have seen Back to the Future, yes. You know the the, the general premise, Marty McFly has got to get his parents back together. And so he's talking to George, he's trying to give him the old guts to ask out his mom. How weird is that? Here's a, here's a few lines from that movie. Marty says, all right, okay, all right, there she is, George. Just go in there and invite her to the dance. George says, okay, but I don't know what to say. Just say anything, George. Say, say whatever's natural. The first thing that, that comes to your mind, nothing's coming to my mind. Good grief, George. It's a wonder I was even born. Look, tell her destiny has brought you together. Tell her she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Girls like that stuff. Writing this down, this is good stuff. Lorraine, my density has popped me to you. Right? He goes and he talks to her. My density has popped me to you. What? What I meant to say was, she's, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Yes, yes, I'm George. George McFly, and I'm your density. I mean your destiny. Oh, and then Biff walks in and ruins the scene, okay? What does that have to do with anything? Marty's trying to give his father the guts, the courage to do something he knows that he shouldn't really normally be able to do. And that's not what Jesus is doing when he teaches us to pray this prayer. He's giving us not confidence to do what we no, we should do or feel like we should be able to do. He's telling us by faith in me, you belong here. You don't need to be somebody that you're not. I did that for you, and by faith in me, you belong in the Father's presence. And when you don't feel like you belong, trust in Jesus who does. Jesus belongs at the Father's in His presence. And if Jesus belongs there, those who have faith in Him belong as well. That is the gospel. When you trust in Christ, you can begin to come to God, the Maker of heaven and earth, as Father, even when you don't feel like you yourself are qualified to pray. Now, this is... Why, when we when we pray our Father, we, we ask, hallowed be your name. What we're doing is we're not asking for him to be holier. We're asking that he would be known as holy. And not just by others, but by ourselves. God, I, I want you to be hallowed. I want to know you as you really are. I want to know you as you are. You are glorious and majestic, I've read. And I believe weakly, but hallowed be thy name. For the cosmos, for the for the earth, but but for me. I want to know you this way. We often find prayer to be difficult or pointless. We feel like it's boring. It doesn't seem like the Father of all things is holy and majestic. I'm bored, I fall asleep, I get distracted. We don't see him as central. Right? Tell me I'm not the only one who sits down to pray and I'm like, oh right, my dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. And like distraction number one instantly. Did I send that email I was supposed to send? Right, I'm praying right now. And I would pray that you would be with me today. When did I get on Instagram? Right? When did that happen? When did I stop praying? I hardly started. Tell me I'm not the only one who's had those moments. And I'd be the first to admit that I get distracted sometimes. This is not a sign of somebody who sees God as majestic and captivating and holy. And Jesus is saying, if you want to combat that in your life, if you want to combat your distractedness, start praying and say, hallowed be thy name for me. I need to see you this way. I need help. Ask him for that. God, I want, to, I want to know you and your name for who you are and not the boring version that I've concocted. And not just for others, but for me. Because sometimes you're not holy in my eyes, you're boring. Incidentally, one practical way that I fight distraction when I sit down to pray is I will literally turn my phone off. I found that when it is off, I catch... Oh, that's when I grabbed it. It's not on. I'm going to go back to praying." And here's what Jesus is enabling us to pray. He is enabling us to pray, God, I want you. I want you. I don't want to be good at this. I want you. Will you change the way I think about you and the world by prayer? i understand the desire to pray in order to get glory from others i see jesus talk about that i don't want that and i understand the desire to use a lot of words and maybe manipulate you and get what i want but what i really want or what i really want to want is you and so i pray so bring your kingdom right thy kingdom come give us your king there is no kingdom without a king hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Bring your king, send your king. We know that your kingdom is coming where your king rules and reigns in hearts. So enable me, enable the world, enable those I love to live for you no matter what our circumstances are. But we're not just asking that Jesus would rule and reign in our hearts. We're asking that His justice would rule and reign in our midst. I see injustice and poverty and brokenness, and I'm a part of that. Will you fix that? The thing is, most of the things that frustrate me in life, I'm convinced of this. I wish I could say something else, but most of the things that frustrate me in life are the things that don't work out for my kingdom. I mean, at home this morning was a disaster with my kids They were bad, but the reason it bothered me wasn't so much that they were bad, as they were just messing up my kingdom. And what else bothers me is like, when my neighbor doesn't park in front of his house, he parks in front of my house. That doesn't happen in my kingdom. Why is this happening? I care too much about my kingdom. Pray for me on that, for real. It bothered me a lot, that car. Oh, me. I'm frustrated because my will isn't happening. And Jesus is saying, to know God as Father is to know me as King. To know me as the one bringing the kingdom. And so ask for God's perfect will so that you can learn how to let go of your own will. I want so many things to happen in my life, and so do you. And Jesus is saying, pray for something better. If you're praying for, to learn to think about God as holy, then, then pray that His will would take place in your life and in this world. Because this good, holy God knows what He's doing. And we need to learn to submit to this King and bow before this King and say, you died for me, I will give you everything. Thy will be done. Bring it as fully on this earth as it is in heaven. And so we're asking, Lord Jesus, will you return? Will you come back? Will you finish everything that you've started? In my own heart, in the hearts of those that I love, and in this world. What are the signs of this kingdom? What are the signs that it's coming? Well, it's physical and spiritual needs being met. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus knows that we know that we need to eat every day. And he says it's not just physical, that's a spiritual need because I'm the one that provides it for you. It occurs to me in 2018 in America when we have no lack of food, that part of that needs to turn into and thank you for this food right now. You have provided it. Give me this day my daily bread. Thank you for this daily bread. Make me more thankful. What Jesus is also showing us is that just as much as we need to eat daily, we need spiritual provision daily. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. He's telling us to pray for His kingdom because He knows how much that we want our own. In my kingdom, I don't have to worry about other people's feelings. I can be blunt. In my kingdom, I don't have to apologize because I'm always right. In my kingdom, I don't have to forgive unless I want to because that's how I feel. In my kingdom, I don't have to follow anyone because I only have to be true to my own self. But in Jesus' kingdom, Jesus is the king. And so my impulses for my kingdom are treason. My impulses for my kingdom are sinful. I need forgiveness for my sins. And not just once to sort of get into Christianity, every day I need to be saying, Lord Jesus, King Jesus, I have not lived like somebody who has been forgiven. Forgive me for that. And part of what I need to be forgiven of is not wanting to forgive others. If you remember a few weeks ago, we read, Jesus said in chapter 5, So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. And what Jesus is saying is this, when the kingdom is coming in your life, in your heart, it grows an impulse to be right with God. But if that impulse is real, then it is also growing within you an impulse to be right with everyone, as far as it's in your control. I want to be right with God. I want to follow Him. I want to love Him. But I have to love everyone now. And I get to love everyone now. Because they're made in the same image that I am. One of the big indicators as to whether or not I'm living for my kingdom, you're living for your kingdom, or we're living for God's kingdom is whether or not we're pursuing peace. Which is not the same thing as securing peace, but are we peace pursuers, peace makers? We need guidance and direction from our King. I couldn't help but think of the 23rd Psalm where we see he's also our shepherd. He leads us away from temptation in this prayer. Lead me not to temptation. Deliver me from evil. Made me think of He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me away from where I want to go. He leads me away from my kingdom. He leads me to follow Him in His kingdom. And it's tempting. To cycle back at this point to where we started, these desires simply don't describe me on some days. I like what I want. I like my kingdom. I have no business praying this prayer sometimes. I naturally harbor grudges uh, far too easily. I don't forgive well. And that's where we all have to remember Jesus dies for sinners. And He dies for sinners so that we might call His Father our Father. We call Him our Father not because we pray this prayer perfectly, because He's teaching us to long for everything in this prayer. Make this true in my life, please. Make me want to want these things in my life. Please. So this prayer is yours if you know through Jesus a heavenly Father who loves you. Jesus is teaching us, of course, that we cannot change ourselves. But one of the one of the main ways that Jesus changes us, and historically we've said that he uses his word as it's preached, and he uses the visible word, right? That is baptism, the Lord's Supper. He uses prayer. He changes us when we pray. God, you are forgiving. Make me forgiving. Forgive me as I have forgiven others. Help me to forgive others. Make me like you. Daily, we need to come to God and confess our sins and call them what they are. Daily, we need to confess, Father, you are the Holy One. Hallowed be your name. And it's not me, and it's not my kingdom, it's your kingdom. And I need your King at work in my midst and in my life. And it delights our Heavenly Father to answer this prayer. It delights our Heavenly Father to give us His Holy Spirit as we follow His King. Remember, Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount, the very beginning of chapter 5, with these words Blessed are the poor in spirit, for to them belong the kingdom of God. The very thing that we're praying for. Who does it belong to? The poor in spirit. Who prays this prayer? The poor in spirit. So Jesus gives us this prayer, not that we feel like we're experts in praying, but that we learn how to go to the one who will fill us when we are empty. The one who will change us. And this change will take a lifetime, an eternity, and that's why he tells us to come and pray daily. Don't stop coming to me. Don't stop asking for my kingdom. And so the application for this is prayer. Not to, be, not to feel like you've got to be put together to pray, but to trust that Jesus is telling you the truth when He says you belong in the Father's presence. Try. Not so that He will love you, but because He already sent His King to show you the way to Him. And it's right to plan To pray it's also normal to feel like it's awkward and if I've said this once I've said it a thousand times anything worth doing is worth doing awkwardly it's just true and as your pastor it's actually really important to me that you learn how to pray that you learn to what theologians call attend to this means of grace that you learn how to do this thing that God has said is a good gift to make us more like Himself. And that's why we pray after a large group every week even though it's short. Make use of it. And that's why every Friday at 2.30 we have this short guided prayer service. If you're free, you should try to come sometime. It's good for us. Because if, if we're going to grow together as a community... If we're going to become healthier, prayer is going to be at the very center of it. Prayer can be legalistic, but no prayer is certain death. And so Jesus says you should pray for help with your legalism and with your non-existent desire to pray if that's you. And He can help. In Jesus, we have a Heavenly Father who delights to hear us pray, brokenness and awe. May we respond to His free goodness by pursuing Him in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You that You have pursued us in Jesus, that You have given Him a mission to live and to die and to be raised for us, that we might be acceptable, and not only acceptable, but belong in your presence. And so we ask that you would help us to learn to live there, and to love it there, and to grow there. We pray all of this for your glory. Amen.